1: This is Fantasy Football today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that with a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Beck.
0: All right, everybody, we're gonna try to stay positive today. It's a bit of a bummer to see Christian McCaffrey go down with a hamstring strain. Three a bit, of a bummer. Well, listen, maybe it's maybe it's not the basically season ender that he dealt with last year. He got hurt in week two, and he played only one more game. Maybe it's just hey, put him on IR, misses three games, and we'll be fine. You know, uh, just hey,
1: we, it's just a bit of a bummer that your fantasy season might be shipwrecked already, and it's not even October. Just a bit, just a smidge of a bummer.
0: Doesn't have to be shipwrecked. I mean, I, I think you. You don't have Please. okay. Listen, if he's out for the year, then you're probably in trouble. But if not, it's okay. It's you can deal with this, and he's not going to be out for the year. All right, just I'm telling you this. I saw the scans. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah,
1: they leaked. On how, the, long, how long is <laughs> he going to be out for then, Doctor Acer? To
0: me, it looks like a two to three week thing. Uh, some of the um, fibrous muscle tissue expanded. I don't know. I don't know if that's a word or not. Uh, welcome to the Friday show. Happy Friday, everybody, and we'll recap Carolina 24, Houston nine. And Sam Darnold with another good fantasy game and 300 yards passing against the Texans. And Brandon Cooks, oh, I should have done the math. I'm guessing he had like 80% of the receiving yards for the team. We could do that math. Also, great games right to preview. I don't think do it's 80%, though. All right, you tell me. But well, we got Tampa Bay at the Rams. We got Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. We got Green Bay, San Francisco. We have Atlanta at the Giants, which is very intriguing for fantasy purposes. I'm not going to give the whole schedule. What's up, Jamie? Um all right, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. How many McCaffrey teams do you have?
2: I just have one. Um and you know, to your point about your season being shipwrecked, uh I had him in two leagues last year. One of the ones that I had him in was redraft league, won the Dynasty League. Uh I still won the championship um yeah. without him. I had Mike Davis. So that that certainly helped, but that it was not not fun. Um, you know, I I I think uh We'll find out how good Chuba Hubbard's going to be, and um, it's it was very interesting uh, to see how social media was reacting to Chuba Hubbard versus <laughs> Royce Freeman, um, and how how people I think are are maybe a little too interested in Royce Freeman. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. I, I I'm am just curious knowing that how that game started, and when they pulled him, you know, if if it was more just. Hey, we dealt with this last year. We don't want to deal with it again. Let's just be cautious and get him out of the game. Or is it that severe?
0: I don't I don't know. Hubbard actually was not doing much until the last couple of drives. He had some big runs. He he ran really well down the stretch.
2: Their their offensive line is not great. No. And so that's that's something to take into account is that uh, first give the Texans some credit. You know, they they could have easily got demolished in this game and, and they fought and some stupid play calling, I think. Uh when Davis Mills got rolling, they started to just pull back a little bit as opposed to letting him go um but yeah that that offensive line for the panthers isn't great and so i'd be a little bit concerned about tuba hubbard you know christian McCaffrey overcome some things but you're obviously gonna you know spend as much fab as you have to if he's gonna miss time you know the nice thing is is that you should know by tuesday what the severity is you know this isn't a sunday going into tuesday yeah. we have to wait till wednesday right. you know? i mean we'll know
0: yeah yeah and he had three catches, Juba Hubbard. So he finished with 11 carries for 52 yards, three catches for 27 yards, and he's 44% rostered. Wait, Dave, I, I said Brandon Cooks, right, with the yardage?
1: Uh, I thought you said DJ Moore. But oh, I'm
0: sorry. I meant Brandon Cooks. Brandon, you said Brandon Cooks.
1: Brandon Cooks Oh, two, oh yeah, then that's going to be closer to 80%. It was two-thirds. He had two-thirds of Davis Mills' uh, yards, or two-thirds of yes, the receiving yards. Well, 40% yard. of the Panthers' yards went to DJ Moore. That's not so bad.
0: DJ Moore was great. We, so we got to bounce around. We really? got to talk about a lot of things in this game. Um, but also it was a it was a bad game for Carolina. They didn't just lose Christian McCaffrey. They lost JC Horn, uh, rookie cornerback, top ten pick, broken foot, and safety Justin Burris is gonna miss some time with the groin injury. But if we look at uh, just to finish on Hubbard, you know, should be a, a must add player. Like I said, forty four percent rostered should be close to a hundred next week. Oh,
2: for sure. Yes.
0: Your initial thoughts Even if he misses on FAB, just one
2: game, you got to pick him up across the board.
0: Your initial thought... Uh, okay. That would be at Dallas next week. Do, your initial thoughts on FAB.
2: Well, again, we'll know come Tuesday. You know, if it's two to three weeks, if he's on IR, you know, um, if it's one game, you know, if it's week to week, you know, whatever the... The the initial diagnosis or outcome might be of how long he's going to be out. That'll determine what you're going to spend, you know. But it's going to be at the minimum of 25%. I mean, you know, you have to if he's just if it's just one week, you know, and if it's short-term IR or longer, it's maybe all of it.
1: It's you you go and see what Elijah Mitchell went for, you add one dollar, and that's your bid. That's if it's long term. I agree. If it's short term, then you're looking at 25%. Okay.
0: And Royce Freeman did have five carries. He also had a goal line carry from about the two-yard line. Didn't quite get in. That was one play after Hubbard dropped a touchdown pass. How about Sam Darnold? He's 51% rostered. And if you watch the game, I think Troy Aikman was doing his best to nicely say that Sam Darnold was missing. (laughs) Not playing so great at times. Right? I mean... He, he's yeah, got that's... the worst pocket presence. He fumbled twice, both recovered by the Panthers. He missed some big plays that just throws he didn't see that he should have made. A potential big play to DJ Moore wasn't a great throw. But he ends up with 25 fantasy points and two rushing touchdowns. That's 21, 22, and 25 points in three games in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. He's at Dallas next week. Some people thought that Sam Darnold was going to really you know resurrect his career and become fantasy-relevant. I think a lot of us, I certainly did, laughed not laughed it off but dismissed it. I really didn't think so. Do you think that's happening, Dave? Do you think Sam Darnold is becoming a fantasy relevant quarterback that uh, you know, that that basically needs to be
1: rostered? I think he's better than what he was in New York, but I think a lot of it has to do with the scheme that he's in and the ter- the talent around him. I think the scheme fits him really well. They're giving him well-defined reads, you can tell because he's getting the ball out quick on most of the plays that he's Honestly, that he's throwing to either McCaffrey or DJ Moore. That ball's coming out quick. It's accurate. It's good. He's confident. And that offensive line is doing a good job protecting him in short periods of time. When he's holding on a little bit longer and when he's trying to read defenses, that's when he's going to start making mistakes and being inconsistent. And that's what we saw from him with the Jets a lot of the time with some inconsistent throws. There were more of it with the Jets than so far with Carolina I would imagine there could be some really bad games ahead. And I also wonder just how he'll be affected by Christian McCaffrey not being in the backfield. I think defenses will play them quite differently with Chuba Hubbard in the backfield instead of Christian McCaffrey. So, uh, look, I don't think he's going to run for multiple touchdowns very often. I still don't think he's going to get 300 yards very often unless he really starts to get um, Robbie Anderson going in the offense or maybe this Tommy Tremble is going to be somebody who becomes a staple in the offense. He'll be a good bye-week quarterback, definitely a good number two QB in super flex leagues, but not somebody who can ascend the top 12 on a weekly basis.
0: Jamie, sell high on DJ Moore or just ride it out. And is it time to drop Robbie Anderson?
2: I mean, anytime, you know, you see a player like this that you drafted, not in the top, you know, two two rounds or so, you can consider him a sell high candidate. But, you know, you got to be getting something better in return. And that's probably only a running back that you think is going to get a lot of work at this point. But he's he's awesome. You know, and he's been very good his entire career. You know, the, the thing that just is the problem, which is continuing the, to be the problem, is the touchdowns. One in three games. You know, that's typically about the pace that he's on, you know, one in four games. Yeah. Um, so, you know, hopefully that he, he can find the end zone a little bit more. But, I mean, you just look at the target share. you look at the production the first three weeks, uh, you know, I'm very happy as a DJ Moore fantasy manager. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I will give one more week because if McCaffrey's out facing Dallas, that's probably going to be a game where they're going to have to score. And so I'll give it one more opportunity, not to start, but to stash. Um, but if you have to cut him, I certainly understand it. You know, five catches through three weeks is clearly terrible. Um, so it's just been a very frustrating, you know, start for, for Robbie Anderson. Imagine if he didn't have the touchdown against the Jets in week one, how bad it would have been. So Would, would we be cutting him if he didn't have it? Uh, if, if McCaffrey was healthy, then Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, look, in 10-team leagues, it's easy to cut him because there's probably a lot of talent on the waiver wire. In 12-team leagues, it's not, not as easy to give up on a player so soon. Uh, but for whatever reason, um, I tweeted this last night that Sam Darnold, every time he looks at Robbie Anderson, he thinks of Adam Gase and gets PTSD. <laughs> um, and so, uh, I, you know, I just wonder what the what the deal is, like why he's not looking at him. And, and at one point, and I, I think Robbie just said the one catch, um, at one point, the the list of players in this game alone that had more catches than Robbie Anderson. I mean, we're talking about Rex Burkhead and Dan Arnold and Alex Erickson, and Jordan Aikens. I mean, you just think of the names. It's like it's just it's it, it's it's so weird. I just don't I don't understand how he was such a part of this offense last year and so successful. First time with Joe Brady, first time back with Matt Rule since their days at Temple. Um you know, if anything, maybe you can trade him to Denver for Cortland, not for Cortland Sutton, but for, uh, you know, something because Teddy Bridgewater loved him. And Sam Donald obviously does not.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he's always been a streaky wide receiver, but it's the targets that are just so alarming. Two targets last night.
2: It, the the, the, the Roda DJ Moore that you referenced, they showed uh, uh, the reverse camera angle. Mm-hmm. And Robbie Anderson is standing on the sidelines with his hands on his hips. And I'm thinking to myself, A, yes, bad throw by Darnold. B, throw that to
0: Robbie Anderson.
2: That's wow. your deep guy.
0: I, I mean, DJ Moore should be the everything DJ Moore is amazing. I'm not saying DJ
2: Moore can't do it, but like it just the the the, the shot. Like I wanted to freeze frame it and, and, and send it out. Just Robbie Anderson standing there, hands on his hips, <laughs> watching DJ Moore, you know, watch the ball go off his hand, uh, trying to juggle it, and just doesn't make any sense.
0: You know, that's me. really not fair. It's possible that he was saying offsides. You know, maybe he was trying to get a – you know, hands up. Yeah, yeah, right. It's very, very funny but stuff. Well, hold, let me finish up with this game. Afterwards,
2: they, they showed his middle finger. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> Brandon <laughs> Cooks, nine catches, 112 yards That's 78 or more yards in all three games. This was supposed to be the start of the brutal stretch. It's still pretty brutal. At Buffalo, New England, at Indianapolis, at Arizona, the Rams, the Dolphins, a buy. Uh, it's again, the schedule looks tough. Does it matter with Brandon Cooks? Is he still a sell high?
1: Dave it's getting it's getting harder and harder to say that he's a sell high when he's putting up great numbers, even with Davis Mills. Uh, yeah, I think you gotta you can take offers on him still if you want to, but this this is not the Brandon cooks that we've known throughout his career. the Brandon cooks that we've known throughout his career. very streaky. Like we talked about it with Robbie Anderson. One week he's good. next two weeks he's bad. Well, now it's three weeks in a row that he's been really, really good. So usually you want to hang on to those kinds of players in fantasy. That that's expert advice, right
0: there. I know, but but hey, like, hang on to your good but, players.
2: But, he's an absolute sell high candidate because you know you, you didn't you, because he's playing great, and and again, you're selling him for something that can help your team in a different way because you probably didn't draft him to be one of your top two receivers. Um, you should be starting him as one of your top two receivers, but you didn't draft him that way, and so if you can get a struggling running back in re- in return for him or him and a, a running back that might be playing over his head or a tight end or quarterback that might be playing over their head for a running back that could help your team. You should be shopping him for sure.
0: Yeah, and I, I know he had a great game, 112 yards, but Davis Mills threw for 168 yards.
2: And it while, doesn't matter. This offense yeah. is so bad, and he's the best player yeah, on by least,
1: I know. And they are completely force-feeding him the football. It's beautiful. I understand it's that, but... way more than I thought it would be.
0: There's still limitations to what someone can do with a, with a quarterback... I just don't see Davis Mills having a great three-game stretch or two more games, whatever it's going to be with Taylor, especially with Buffalo. But he didn't have a great
2: game last night. And you still I know, see
0: the I know, but that's that's when you that's when I would say I don't buy that that could happen again, where he's going to get sixty-six percent of the team's receiving yards, especially with Buffalo and New England as the next two
1: games. Well, I think the bigger question is, can he keep up this type of target share where he's got 11 of 28 throws going his way? That's probably also not very sustainable. That's almost 40% of the target share. But he's still going to get a lot of target. At minimum, eight targets from game yeah. to game. Is that out I'm of line? I'm not saying
0: he stinks. I'm just saying, right, you try to turn him into, let we'll see who has a bad yes, I
2: mean, one. you absolutely should be shopping him. There's no reason to not shop him at this point because – it's not, this is not sustainable, but I mean, like five for 80 is probably something that he can still do based on the amount of targets he's going to get. I like and so he's not going to completely fall off the face of the earth. Oh, this
1: isn't, right. this right. isn't give him away or get whatever you can. Right. No, you should be getting something great in return. I'm not saying to trade him for anything. Yeah. yeah. You're trading okay. him for, like, how you were saying when you said you should absolutely sell high is that you just get whatever you can for Brandon Cooks? No, so that's no. not what I said. You, you, you sell him
2: high for somebody that's, that's, uh, a buy-low candidate. So, like, if if I can turn Brandon Cooks and... Would you trade him for Dame Clyde White Edwards? Into Najee Harris, I'm trying to do that. If I can turn Brandon yeah. Cooks and, and another player of that caliber into Antonio Gibson or Saquon Barkley, I'm a 1,000% trying yeah. to do that.
1: That I'm doing, too. Would you do it straight up for Clyde Edwards-Elair?
2: If I needed a running back, and that's the best I can do, and, you know, Cooks is, a, is, a, is among my, you know, third receiver, fourth receiver, depending on the type of league that I'm in, then, yeah,
0: I would consider it.
1: Okay. I wouldn't love it, but i consider it. Right, so shoot higher than that.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, you should. Uh, yeah, okay. But don't give him away. And Davis Mills isn't going to be the quarterback for the rest of the year either, just to keep that in mind. But I just hate the schedule. Uh, I, I didn't like it last night either he came through. All right, listen, Sunday,
2: 10 a.m. By the way, when we Eastern. do the autopsy on the 2014 wide receiver draft class, how's it going to look yeah. two, three years from now? Right.
0: It, uh, well, Devontae Adams was in that class or no? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so
2: he'll be at the top. No, nah, Mike Evans might be at the top still, but...
1: Ahead of, of Adams? Well, body work. Uh, I don't think, I think Adams. will be at the top. Cooks will be pretty close. It's, it's Evans Orton. and Adams at the top if, if things right. continue for Adams,
0: but
2: Evans had a two, three-year head start on
0: him. Allen yeah. Robinson was in that class. Yep. Yes. And Brandon Cooks and Odell Beckham and Sammy Watkins and who am I forgetting? Jordan Matthews. I think I'm forgetting another star, Calvin Benjamin. Do you remember who I thought was going to be the best guy in that class? Marquis Lee. Yeah, Marquis Lee. Ugh. I loved him. Okay, listen. Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Why do I? Why do I bring these things up? 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Oh, Eastern. In that class who? Jarvis Landry. Oh, not yeah. bad. 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Watch CBS Sports HQ. Yeah. Fantasy football today gets you ready for kickoff, gives you some bets to make, some props, all those fun things. It's a great show for three my hours. My props are on fire, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. The DJ Moore props cash cashed in uh one quarter. And if and you want Cam to
2: under you, under one and a half passing touchdowns at plus one ten. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ugh, stupid rushing touchdowns.
0: Sorry. <laughs> I, I faced him in two in QB League. Want an edge while setting your DFS lineups.
2: You should trade him for Cam. You should trade uh for Cam Newton, by the
0: way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who's making this guy? One of our colleagues is making me a trade offer in the 2QB league, trying to give me Cam Newton. Why do you even have Cam Newton on your team, George? Cut him! Cut him! And you're a Patriots fan, they cut him? You should cut him! All right, the Fantasy Football Today DFS pod brings you all the DFS insights you need to dominate. Frank Stanfield, Mike McClure, and Sian Ajad provide cash and GPP analysis. It's Tuesdays and Thursdays, deep diving into pricing and matchups. Listen to the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast wherever you listen to FFT. And I'll tell you that, you know, we play DFS. We love it. There are some people who are true experts in the field. Mike McClure, C. and Najad are experts at DFS. They've been doing it for years very successfully. You should listen to that podcast. Frank's an amazing host. It's a fun show. Fantasy Football Today, DFS podcast. All right, we're going to do these uh, these questions quickly here because we're going to preview the games and get into it a little bit more deeply. But uh, week three questions, I have five of them. Where do you rank Alexander Madison if Dalvin Cook is out? Madison, by the way, is is rostered in just 63% of leagues. That should change. You've had time to do it. I don't know what the deal is here, but uh, where would you rank Madison if Cook were out against Seattle?
2: Around twenty.
0: Yeah, he's
1: a top twenty-four running back.
0: Okay, what are your overall thoughts on the Bucks' offense without Antonio Brown and facing the Rams? Good. Um, um, we'll
2: Brown still may play. Yes. So keep I was about sure. to say that,
0: um, but yes, thank you.
2: It's uh, it's a downgrade. You know, I mean, you take away one of their best players. But, you know, it's a, certainly a luxury for Tom Brady to and the Bucs to have when you can say, okay, we don't have Antonio Brown, but we still have Evans and Godwin and Gronk and, you know, all the other, uh, all the other parts that they'll throw it at the Rams. So it's a downgrade for Brady. Uh, but, you know, and, and Evans may get some, you know, additional attention now from Ramsey if they decide to do that, but they haven't been doing that necessarily so far.
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm not benching Evans or Godwin yet. Or Gronk. Can't do that. But Brady's the one that I think is hurt the most.
0: Do you think they score 30 points at the Rams? No. Um, I mean, Vegas would agree with you. I'd say it's
2: just shy of that, like 27, 28.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Question the third. Why do San Francisco running backs always get hurt? And what the hell are we thinking right now getting ready for this Sunday night game? Is it Trey Sermon time?
2: Might be I saw one report that suggested it's going to be Sermon and uh Patrick and potentially Carry On and, and Cannon. So if Mitchell can't go, they'll probably elevate Carry On and Hastings. Looks like he's out, so I'd be excited about Sermon if he's in that potentially lead role. Not to anything more than a flex, but uh, he, they run on the Packers, and <laughs> we'll see if that continues.
1: Patrick's available in 93% of CBS Sports Leagues, just in case you want to take a flyer. If you've got dead weight on your bench, you could cut the dead weight for Patrick, and then Patrick could be the guy you cut if he doesn't do anything to get Chuba Hubbard on your team before week four. I
0: forgot to double-check this. I'll try to do it while we're
1: on the air. But the Packers,
0: in their last nine games, going back to last year, including postseason, they've allowed one carry longer than 14 yards to a running back. Not quarterbacks have had some success, but one carry of longer than 14 yards. No carries longer than 20 yards. Their run defense really turned the corner late in the year. And so far, it's been pretty good. Um, not incredible, but it's been pretty solid through two games against the Saints. Like, Kamara didn't have any big plays. And last week, they did a great job against the Lions. Um, why are people nervous about Aaron Rodgers? Who's nervous about Aaron Rodgers? Heath has him like, 17th or something like that. You and- can call Heath. <laughs> uh he's got him sixteenth. And uh you guys have Rogers Yeah, I'm
1: twelfth I'm
0: just... and Dave has him fifth. So James oh, got him twelve. You have ninth now? Okay. Um all right. as of yesterday he was twelfth. There he is. Now he's ninth, ahead of Brady, ahead of Hertz, ahead of cousins. Do you feel like people were nervous about him? I, I feel like people might think that this is a tough matchup at San Francisco. I, I don't know that it is. It's not a cakewalk. No, no, it's not a cakewalk.
2: Cake I don't know. I'm cake. not benching Aaron Rodgers if I have him.
1: Okay. So the worry is probably that the offensive line isn't exactly the same for Green Bay, which is something that we talked about in the preseason, and that the 49ers do bring a pretty healthy pass rush against everybody that they play. But their, their secondary still has some issues in there. They've been besieged by injuries. And it's Aaron Rodgers, and he didn't look terrible in Week 2 at all, especially compared to Week 1. He was off in Week 1. He was on in week two and it was against the Lions. I have a I have a hard time expecting him to stink. And I think he's got like is it three touchdowns in three of his last four against San Francisco? Or multiple touchdowns with a lot of yards in three of his last four. It's something like that. But he's had he's really only had one stinker in his last four against the Niners. And I just don't I don't see him having another one here.
0: Uh he has Multiple touchdowns. He has 32 points, 11 points, 21 points, and 36 points in his last four games against the 49ers. Uh, two and of those, it's always
1: in the last three years, correct? Yeah, two of them were in the, like, the Niners. Well, we're not going back to 2012 no. here. No,
0: 2018, 19, and 20. And two of them were against the 49ers in 2019, and that's when they had their best defense. I mean, that was their Super Bowl year. Yeah. Um, all right, let me see. I have one more question for you here. Why is Cleveland running back Demetric Felton one of the most added players?
2: his projections must have been high after he scored last week. Well, I mean there was the report about him helping out in the passing game more without Jarvis Landry there. So that's something you could see, but he's on the injury report. I just think that with Beckham plays it's hard to expect. I guess it would be if if Schwartz is still hurt and Peoples Jones is not doing very much and Higgins not doing very much, you know, that's something that the Browns might consider, you know, using just another player in that regard, but it's probably just I mean, because he's being Used in their scheme more as a receiver, but he's listed as a running back. So his projections must be a little bit off.
1: So he had zero carries, and he had two catches, and one was for thirty-three yards and a touchdown. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe he gets a couple of screens, short area targets, and that's it.
0: Yeah. Now there was a report that Felton could be used more in the slot with Landry out, as Jamie alluded to. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've just seeing a little bit of buzz on him. I, I don't think that we're really rushing to pick up Demetric Felton, but he is eligible at running back. All right, news and notes. Lamar Jackson's going to play. T. Higgins might not, though. We'll preview that game and tell you how that affects the rest of the receiving core. Trey Sermon making progress. Eli Mitchell. Felton played four snaps last week.
2: Yeah, Tim- it's not even that his projected. Like, he's projected, I'm just looking at our site right now, for just shy of seven PPR points. He's in the same range as Latavius Murray, Mark Ingram, for what it's worth last night. James Conner and Sonny Michelle, which is still factoring in Daryl Henderson getting projections. So he's in that flex conversation. He's got more projected points than Zach Moss and Ronald Jones.
0: I texted Heath, why are you so low on Aaron Rodgers? He said, More that I like the streamers so much. Rodgers is was a low end QB one. It's a great week for streamers.
2: Does he say before he sent the text? No, he
0: didn't yeah. say that. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins mispractice. You guys worried about him playing?
2: Uh the Cardinals are not, so no.
0: Okay. Same with Dalvin Cook. We'll see uh, if he practices on Friday. Josh Jacobs is making progress. He did not practice. Making progress. Probably not expecting him this week against Miami.
1: He's in the non-contact jersey, right?
0: Yeah. I think he shed it, though. Is that what happened? But he didn't practice? The official injury report is he did not practice,
2: so that's what we have to go by.
0: Okay. Odell Beckham. Yeah, he's making progress. Are you guys anticipating Beckham plays this week? What is the deal here? Okay. But you're you're not starting him.
2: I would like not to, but you know, some people have their you know potentially hands forced. Uh, I know I'm in one league where I have uh, four receivers. The fourth one is Michael Thomas. Um, the other three are Tyree, killed Deontay Johnson, and T. Higgins. So
0: <laughs> I would like <laughs> to have all that back if I could. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice, right? Uh, Chiefs Chargers game. Nick Bosa for the Chargers missed practice. Kenny Galladay was limited. Evan Ingram practiced limited. Carson Wentz. I kind of like Ingram this week. Yeah, it'd be nice if he plays. Yeah, yeah he's widely available. I like him if you play. Zach yes. Ertz is still on the reserve COVID list as they have a Monday night game. He has a little bit of extra time to get off that list. Mari Cooper's trending in the right direction. Looks like he's going to play. And the Colts may rotate their quarterbacks. I think we talked about this on the air late yesterday. Nick Eason and Brett Hundley. I
1: have, okay.
0: Uh, would you start Beckham or Pittman?
1: Uh, probably Beckham. I think I have Pittman higher in PPR. Okay, I do. Do
0: you expect the following players: Ben Roethlisberger and Deontay Johnson?
2: Yes and no. Yeah,
0: Noah Fant and Tim Patrick against the Jets.
2: I think Patrick was cleared of the injury report, if I'm not mistaken. But
0: um, Fant, yes. Okay, Daryl Henderson against Tampa Bay.
2: Today's the day, according to Sean McVay. So hopefully he play, no way. He will play <laughs> And uh that's what I will say.
0: Hooray. <laughs> and Marquise Brown at Detroit. He's on the injury list. Marquise Brown.
2: Yeah, there was a a story in the Athletic which was, you know, talking about how he's you know, he said he's finally you know, happy about he's making plays. And he said he wishes he could practice more. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But you know, it'd be nice to see him out there practicing, but I would assume he's playing at
1: this point. Mm, sounds like a lie. I I've seen him on the injury report every week this season so far, and then last he goes out two. on Monday and performs. Yeah, last season too. So I'm not okay. I'm not sweating it.
0: All right, let's beat the waiver wire. I don't really have great beat the waiver wire suggestions. People Hubbard. <laughs> yeah, Baker Mayfield's at Minnesota. i sorry, Patrick
2: is still on the injury report. I apologize.
0: Tim Pat. Okay, uh, Baker Mayfield's at Minnesota. Chicago DST against Detroit. Cincinnati DST against Jacksonville. Colts at the Dolphins. Jacoby Brissett revenge game. Tennessee at the Jets. I don't know if you like any of those options. Bears against the Lions. Bengals against Jacksonville. Corey
1: Davis revenge game. Uh, yeah, Oh, yeah. Jets-Titans.
0: Yeah, great call. Um, tight, yeah, Titans at the Jets. Colts at the Dolphins. Elijah Moore. Go we'll get him. Elijah Moore is on my list. That's Evan, one.
1: This is the week.
0: Anyone else that you guys I, – I, I put Everett Ingram and Elijah Moore on here, but I didn't really have uh, I
2: would match. say because he's getting dropped just because it's the Bengals. Trevor Lawrence, that could be a good bounce-back game for him.
0: All right. Uh, listen, I mean, it's if you have a free spot, maybe you'd stash that DST that you really like for next week or something like that. Uh, I think there are some tough DST matchups next week, like the Patriots have the Bucks, The Rams have the Cardinals or the Seahawks feel like the ravens have a tough matchup so you might Ravens
1: have the Broncos in Denver oh, no then that's not super Rams tough. have the Cardinals so yeah that's going to be tough on LA Who do the Steelers have Steelers will take on the Packers in Green right,
0: Bay Right so you might have to go DST streamers next week and yeah you could get a get a jump on that Startometer for the last 3 games that we're going to preview late in the show that would be uh Detroit and Baltimore Philadelphia at Dallas and Minnesota Seattle which is basically just start everyone. Uh startometer 0 to 10, start of the week Tyson Williams. 10. 20. All right, I'll say 15, I'll go right in the middle. Latavius Murray.
2: 2. Uh 4 and non PPR, 1 and PPR.
0: Marquis Brown. 9. Uh, 9. All right. Sammy
1: Watkins. 4. Um, three and non PPR. Yeah, I agree.
0: DeAndre Swift against Baltimore. Ooh, uh, seven in
2: PPR and six and none. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so based on the startometer, meter, that means you're starting Tyson Williams over DeAndre Swift in any I format. Yes. Okay. Jamal Williams.
2: Uh, four Five. in PPR, three and nine.
0: Quintez Cephas. Uh, three. three. What was that, Jamie?
2: A three in both. Three
0: in both. All right, threes all around. Quintes Cephas for three. Miles Sanders at Dallas. Uh, six?
1: seven. Six point nine. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like. I had a hard time really committing to seven just then. So I'll say six point nine. I'm struggling in one PPR
2: league between him and James White. That's why I feel about him right now. Mm-hmm. I yeah. kind of like James White.
0: Brandon Brooks is being replaced by a rookie, Landon Dickerson. Landon Dickerson. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's going to be a downgrade. you Yeah, all but then
2: Dallas is an upgrade.
0: Dallas is an upgrade. So Miles Sanders or DeAndre Swift?
1: Swift. Uh, I'll say Swift over Sanders. Dallas' defense is okay. I don't think they're necessarily... I don't think there's... Let me... I don't think they're as bad as we thought they would be.
0: It's quite possible, believe it or not, even as they were getting torched by the Bucks, I was like, I don't know that Dallas is playing that poorly. I just think Tom Brady you know, is freaking Quinn, zone.
2: for what he did from week 1 to week 2. Fantastic job, you know, especially yeah. without Gregory and without Lawrence. Exactly. Parsons was playing well and Gregory is you know, back this week. Eating all over the yeah, place. they're not they're not a cakewalk, but I mean, you know, Austin Eckler had a good game against them. Sanders could right, have a good game. against them. they, they should <laughs> be.
0: Like we kept talking about how unlucky Justin Herbert was, right, and all the plays they left on the field. It's true, right? It's a good Let's point. Think about that. All right, Devontae yeah, and Sanders Smith has
2: obviously a great track record against the Cowboys.
0: Devontae Smith at Dallas. Uh, That's a seven.
1: PPR. Six.
0: Seven six. Okay. Dallas Goddard. Do you care that his name is Dallas? Like, does that feel like a homecoming game for him?
2: Remember well, when they the won the Cowboys him? in Dallas before? So. How did he do? I think you're just
1: noticing that.
0: (laughs) I'm not. I don't know how he did, though, but they wanted
1: to draft him. And then the Eagles jumped them in the draft to take him. That's the folklore on Dallas Goddard. Uh, He's a startable tight end. Six. Yeah,
2: he's, uh, I would say he's uh, seven if Ertz is out and a six and not.
0: Okay, I'm going to look up his career game logs in Dallas, just see how he does in homecoming games. Ezekiel Elliott. 10. Nine. Tony
1: Pollard. Five. Five's good. Amari Cooper. 10. 10. You're starting him. You sure? What about Darius
0: Slay? He's had pretty good history against Cooper, from what I, I
1: don't Are know. Are we his- sure that Slay is
0: going to shadow him? No, I'm not. All right. So 10. <laughs> okay. Kirk Cousins against Seattle.
1: Uh, eight. I'll say seven, but. That doesn't mean that I would say to sit him at all. I think I think that's got a chance to be a high-scoring shootout.
0: Oh, I would say so. And how about? Oh, no, 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 you not, jinxed the
1: Bonanza. But I say so.
0: <laughs> oh no, that's the bonanza. Yeah. No, no, Seattle, no, it's Minnesota. Not. Just so nope. y'all don't have to wait around to the end. Bonanza, Everybody's no. scoring. Huh. Huge game. You jinxed it last week. Your jinx was back. Oh my god! How did I possibly? Do- that was a jinx-proof game. Dallas and you the really? Chargers.
2: Oh, we were uh, we were watching the game with our boss last week, and uh, I'm sitting next to him and Pete, and he's asking about you know games to bet. <laughs> and, uh, oh, the over the easy. <laughs> oh, it's so easy.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Dallas Goddard has played three games in Dallas, and he has t- caught a touchdown in two of them. So lock of the w- start of the week. Uh, KJ Osborne zero to ten.
1: I'm gonna say five in PPR and four and nine. This is the Vikings' new slot receiver. He's been playing predominantly in the slot. gets single coverage. Has good long speed. I think he's got. I think he's got a chance here to stick around a little.
2: Yeah, this is a beat the waiver wire guy because we thought said him on Tuesday and he didn't get added enough. So he's gonna have another good might,
1: game potentially. You don't want him to be on if he's still out there. Sorry to jump on you there. Uh, I think he might be a waiver to lineup guy if you're really hurting at wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely.
0: My only thing is, he's on pace for, I think, 120 targets per 16 games. And you look at the number three receiver on the Vikings, no one's even come close to that in the Kirk. Yeah, but just eliminate the tight end at this point. It doesn't I know, matter. I know he I mean,
2: will get his four targets a game, but they're, they're throwing the ball a lot. They're throwing. Yeah, really, that's the thing. They so are far. throwing the
0: ball. They're throwing forty times a game. But last week, but this, they, this defense, which we thought was going to be better, is not. But they had an overtime yeah. game, and last week they only threw thirty-two times, uh, and, and that was, you know, that was the what they played Arizona last week, right? Um, that was a shootout on the road, and Ar- no, sorry, yeah, yeah, they play. I keep getting, yeah. I keep getting like this Seattle is their first home game and Tennessee confused. It was Tennessee was at Seattle and Minnesota. Okay, yeah, well, I'm saying they only threw thirty-two times in that game. I, I'm just. It's fine to speculate on him, but it's we've never seen this. That's all I'm saying. We've never seen this from a number three receiver be a tight end or whatever on the Vikings because they're throwing more than they than they ever have. You know, under Zimmer,
2: it's also a new coordinator.
0: It is. All right, Tampa Bay at the Rams. Here we go. Finally at the games. Jalen Ramsey shadowed Mike Evans seventy three percent of his routes last year when these two teams played, and he had uh, four catches for forty yards. He ended up with about 50 yards and a touchdown in that game. The touchdown did not come on Jalen Ramsey. The question is, what do you think Ramsey does? He hasn't really been shadowing this year. He didn't shadow Allen Robinson. They're using him differently. If, if you told me he was shadowing Mike Evans, it, it, I'd be nervous. But what do you think yeah, happens sure. here? Uh, yeah, and do we start Mike Evans?
2: I mean, you've got to be loaded in that position to say you're benching Mike Evans. So, yes, I think he's still a start.
0: Because you don't think Ramsey will shadow him or, or just because he's Mike Evans? I
2: just think the volume of passing in this game, I mean, You know, the, the they're not going to change who they are. And Brady's not going to change who he is. And they'll, you know, it's... Is he going to have a, a week one game like, you know, with Diggs, you know, shadowing him to what it was, 73% of the time, I think it was? Um, something in that, whatever next-gen stat set. Um, mm-hmm. Probably he'll be in his, in his vicinity, but... That's where, you know, Brady's got the luxury of most quarterbacks don't. And,
1: you know, I mean, know, the other,
2: oh, and sorry. Darius Williams yeah. is a great corner, but we'll see.
1: I, I think it makes a difference that Antonio Brown isn't there either. In week one, Antonio Brown was available, made it easier for Brady to just find the open guy. And frequently it was Antonio Brown. This time you might have to throw to a guy who's tightly covered, and that would be Dave, Evans against Ramsey, even if it's Ramsey covering him. But that just hasn't been how the Rams have operated so far this year.
0: Yeah, that's that's the encouraging part. But when I look at, for example, what Marshawn Lattimore usually does to Mike Evans and what Jalen Ramsey did to Mike Evans last year, I don't think that he's a guy who's gonna beat Jalen Ramsey if they decide to stick Ramsey on him, which might be an easier call now that Brown isn't playing. Or if Brown isn't playing, sorry, Brown might play, but seems unlikely. So I, I don't know. Makes me a little nervous about Evans. He's he's he can get locked down by good corners. Um Godwin, obviously everybody's gonna start, right? But you know. Okay, so you say start Mike Evans. So you wouldn't like start Marquise Brown over Mike Evans.
2: No. All
0: mm-hmm. Right. Um which quarterback you like better in this game?
2: Stafford. Same.
0: Same. Okay. Um staff oh so Stafford or Dak Prescott?
1: So I currently have Dak ahead of Stafford. One of the guys I was going to look at was Dak going into the game against Philadelphia. And I I wonder if this is just a game where the Cowboys could maybe have a little more success running like they did last week. And if that happens, then Dak's numbers could suffer. For now, it's Dak.
0: Do you like any running backs in this Rams-Bucks game?
1: Not really. Henderson would be a flex if he plays, but he'd be the best one. Fournette would be a low-end flex in PPR. Because I, I, I think he's just their best guy no matter what the downer distance at this point. He's catching a lot of passes. Yeah, he is. so Nine catches. Maybe he can get you close to 10 PPR points even in a game against the Rams. This
2: could be the first game where we see a lot of Geo because of No. Brown if he's out and maybe chasing the score. That's, I think, been a big reason why we haven't seen him a lot is because they're playing with the lead more times than not. Like you saw when they needed to get down the field at the end of the Cowboys game, he was their guy.
0: To finish up our thoughts on Brady, because I do think a lot of people will have questions on him this week. Under the assumption that Antonio Brown is not playing, and I I don't know if I mentioned this on today's show. I mentioned it on HQ and on our live stream yesterday. He played the Rams last year with Antonio Brown. He had a pretty bad game, and he scored 16 fantasy points. Uh, I'm starting Jalen Hurts over him. I see you both have Jalen Hurts ranked ahead of Tom Brady, but... None of the streamers, right? Not Daniel Jones or Teddy Bridgewater or any or Derek Carr or anything, right?
2: No, because this should hopefully be a high scoring game. I don't think Brady's gonna fall on his face. Yeah. But is he gonna you know, I mean, look, we have a we have a benchmark now. Is is he gonna be better than Sam Darnold's twenty-five? I would say yes. Okay. Is he gonna be his thirty-eight average? I would say no.
1: No.
0: Do you wanna talk about how you would adjust your wide receiver rankings if Antonio Brown plays? Would that change much?
1: Sure. I would strongly consider Brown over Evans. Godwin will be at the top no matter what. But if Antonio Brown's there and uh, I, I think there's a chance that Evans could draw some decent coverage, whether it's Williams or Ramsey from the Rams, then yeah, I think that there's a chance that Evans could be left high and dry. He got fed a lot last week, so maybe this week they lay off of him and it might just be easier for Brady to hit those shorter targets from to Godwin and to Ab. Uh, Brown would be third for me still. So. Even with him, even in place Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is top four for David Heath. David Jamie, excuse me, and seventh or eighth for Heath. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see who's going to sit Gronkowski. Though you could have two options if you have Gronkowski. Would you start? Would you start Rob Gronkowski over George Kittle this week?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Would you start him over Kyle Pitts?
1: I'd start him over everybody except for Kelsey Waller and Hawkinson in PPR. Mm, okay, agree. Okay.
0: All right, Stafford is top twelve, and you know, start Matthew Stafford. He's eighth for Jamie. Oh, he's eighth for everybody now. How about that.
1: So, just one quick point: when these teams have met each of the past two years, and last time they met, McVeigh had sixteen running back runs called. Everything else was a pass. It's fifty-one pass attempts two games ago it was 10 running back runs called and 68 pass attempts and that was with Jared Goff. So I, we know that he loves Stafford and he's dialing up plenty of pass plays for Stafford. It wouldn't be a surprise if Stafford threw the ball 50 times.
0: He's only thrown 56 passes in two games. They he's they're throwing the ball a lot, you know, I guess as a percentage at least if you go back to week 1 they were pretty pass heavy until the fourth quarter when they were killing the lead, but they've run very few plays. And it's weird. It's not what we usually see from Sean McVay. So I don't know what that's all about. It's probably just a two-game fluke. Uh, They didn't have the ball much in week one, but they only ran 50. They they ran 60 plays in week two and 50 in week one. But, I mean, that's just... Only Seattle and New Orleans have run fewer plays so far.
1: Okay, I I guess... 110 plays through two weeks. Yeah, that's terrible. And I'll give you how many pass attempts does Stafford have. We can see how pass... 56. Okay, so that's... Right around 50-50. He may get that in this game.
0: Yeah, right. Things should change here. Um, Like I said, week one, they were pretty pass-heavy, and then they just, I think Daryl Henderson had nine carries in the fourth quarter. Uh, So Henderson, so you would start Henderson if he plays over Fournette? I would, yes. I
2: think I would, too.
0: Interesting, okay. Uh, I imagine there's a lot of running backs you would start over, both of them,
1: anyway. Yes. And same with Michelle. Okay. Well, let's put it this way. If Dalvin Cook is out and Henderson plays, I would start Madison ahead of Henderson. Agree. Would you start Sermon if Mitchell's out over Henderson? I would, yes. Yeah, I think I would.
0: All right. Starter said Cooper Cup's off to somewhat of a slow start, less than 300 yards in two games. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what
0: about Robert Woods?
2: Uh, yes, big bounce back game coming.
0: I think so too. Yeah, I might put out some offers. Tyler Higby is top 12. Like him, love him. What do you think?
1: Like. I like him as well. He's a good alternative in the in the uh, quick pass game to running the ball. So if they're shy about running the football like they've been over their past few meetings with the Bucs, throwing some short passes to Higby makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I think this might be a weak spot for Tampa Bay. They were really bad against tight ends in the second half of 2020. And so far... Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin combined for sixty-five yards, caught all nine of their targets. Kyle Pitts had five catches for seventy-three yards on six targets. Uh, so Higby, he's only he's still eighty-four percent roster. Nobody freaked out. Nobody dropped him, or very few people did anyway. Which do you, would you start a DST in this game?
1: Uh no, if you can avoid it. Right, but I still have. I still have the Rams DST in my top twelve. I don't think I'm, the Bucks are probably going to be really close to there. Yeah, I've got the Bucks at fourteen. Um, I got a weird feeling about the Bengals DST this week. I would start them over the Bucks.
0: All right, hold that thought, because when we come back, we're previewing Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Be right back on fantasy football today.
1: Bengals and Steelers. Well,
0: it would be nice to have all the wide receivers healthy in this game. But here's your stat of the game as it relates to Najee Harris. The Bengals have faced two running backs, Dalvin Cook and David Montgomery. Both of them had 20 carries for 61 yards. Uh, Is Najee Harris a must start?
1: Yes. I got him ranked that way. It's easier to do it in PPR than non-PPR. Frankly, I'd be a little surprised if he had 61 rush yards. Just because the offensive line has been an absolute killer for them. We know that Roethlisberger isn't playing at 100%. And if they don't have Deontay Johnson, that's, that's going to hurt them in the passing game, too.
0: Could it help Najee Harris if they don't have Deontay
1: If they Deontay could Johnson. run the ball effectively and have demonstrated that within the first two weeks of the season, then I would say yes.
0: Mike Tomlin did say we got to run the ball better. So, yeah. I mean, they said that a lot can, last, last
1: year. They said that a lot last year. you wish it into existence, it doesn't mean it's going to happen.
0: All right, fine. Would you start Madison or, obviously, if Cook is out, or Najee? I
1: have, have, have Najee ranked higher. All right. Why don't we stick- I don't know how good I feel about it. Why
0: don't we stick with the Steelers here? Sit Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. He has 28 fantasy points in two games. Uh, the Bengals' pass defense has not been so good in against Cousins and uh, and the Bears, or Dalton, at least. And, all right, give me your Jamie, give me your thoughts on the wide receivers with and without Deontay Johnson.
2: Uh, Johnson plays. He's still the best one. Even if he's at less than 100%, he just gets too many targets, and that's Ben's guy. If Johnson is out, it would be... It's basically the same. It's Johnson, Juju, Claypool, and then it's just Juju, Claypool, and then don't even bother with James Washington because I don't want to trust him. Um, but... They're like, I think they're borderline starters. Juju's a borderline starter in PPR. If if Deontay Johnson's out, Claypool's you know probably a borderline starter non PPR. If if Johnson's out, um, but you know is, is this Ben playing possum again, or is this Ben really hurt? You know we just don't know. So I don't necessarily fear this Bengals defense uh, from you know a healthy Steelers offense if everybody was healthy. But if Ben is less than 100, then then you know what they've said about the Bengals DST is certainly worth looking into.
0: And look, Chase Claypool. There were three games last year that Deontay Johnson either missed or left very early, fewer than 25 percent of the snaps. Claypool led the team in receiving in two of those three games. He seemed to benefit. Sure. Uh, and Juju, I'm very concerned so far about what we're seeing from Juju because you mean going going left and right is not the way to play wide receiver. somehow his a dot is even lower than it was last year it's 4.5 yards that's his average depth of target so how do you make big plays when you're getting targeted four to five yards down the field on average
1: uh you're supposed to break away from your tackle and pick up yards after the catch and that's something that he has done in the past but not with regular frequency
0: but this is extreme and it just looks like the same type of year and that he had last year which is safe
1: All
2: they're doing PPR. is all this pre-snap stuff. <laughs> it's just like hey look, look, it's a lot of flashy movement around and then once the ball snapped it's the same thing.
1: They put on lipstick and eyeshadow and it's the same offense otherwise. So that's the difference.
0: Would you start Marquise Brown over a Steelers wide receiver?
1: Yes. Not Deontay. No, no, no.
0: Okay. Okay, well, and let's now let's go to the to uh the Bengals. So we're sitting Burrow. Dave, you have the highest, I think, about 16th.
1: Sure. I I think he's absolutely worth considering if you've been streaming quarterbacks to begin the year, if you're frustrated with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I'd like to really use him if TJ Watt doesn't play. Watt was limited in practice so far, so it sounds like he's going to play. That'll hurt him. It's still not a great offensive line in Cincinnati either, but I think he's got a chance to find a couple of touchdowns, and that makes him a decent... Streaming I, there's one league where I've got him in Tannehill. I'm starting him over Tannehill.
2: It's been a weird start for them because the low pass attempts, 27 pass attempts in week one, you know, that's not something we were used to seeing from him last year, lowest pass attempts so far. And he got lucky if you started him last week to get you what he got you, because a lot of that came late with the mm-hmm. the turnovers from the Bears. So if he doesn't have T Higgins, completely hands off Joe Burrow. Sure, that's fair.
0: All right, so then, Jamie, tell me about the Bengals' wide receivers with and without T. Higgins.
2: I mean, you're starting Jamar Chase. I haven't seen this, the practice report yet for Joe Hayden. Uh, Devin Bush is returning. You know, he's off the practice report, so they are getting at least one guy back there. So that's going to be a problem a little bit for Joe Mixon in the passing game because they could not cover anybody last week in terms of whatever the Raiders tried to do. Jamie, with their running
0: backs. he practiced in full. Devin Bush. No, Joe Hayden. All right, yeah, All right. so it's going to be a little rough.
2: That'll help a little rough for, for Jamar Chase, but... Um, you're still starting him, and then Tyler Boyd. I think you know what you're getting at this point. Okay, so he's a he's a he's a high-end number three receiver in PPR and a low-end number number three receiver in non PPR.
0: So who's the best receiver in this game if they're all healthy? Deontay.
2: Deontay. Uh, I would go Deontay, Chase, Higgins if he plays, Juju, Claypool, Boyd in non PPR, and just flip flop, put Boyd over Juju okay. and Claypool in, in PPR.
0: Okay, and then let's say, ready for this, Higgins is out, Deontay is in. Would you start Jamar Chase or Deontay Johnson?
2: Johnson. Uh, still Deontay Johnson, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Joe Mixon's a must start, and that would be it. All right. Which uh, which DST do you like better?
1: As it yeah. stands now, I believe I have the Bengals over the Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers. Watt, Watt, if, if Watt plays, then that's an easy change. Okay.
0: And Pat Fryermuth is outside the top 15, but he's right.
1: He's right. <laughs> right. Like, he would be a stash guy if there weren't already like six stash guys that we've already named. And if you're if you're stuck and
2: Deontay's out, that's a guy I would look to in a deeper league. Mm hmm. Because he had and four D- catches D- last
1: well. week. Yeah. He's playing more snaps than Ebron.
0: All right, Atlanta at the Giants. And stat of the game this is one of the four teams, Atlanta, that does not have a 40 yard pass play. Matt Ryan's intended air yards per pass attempt is 4.3. It has been over eight each of the previous three seasons, probably going back before that, but pro football reference doesn't track it. Uh, It's so that far back, but he's 26th in air yards, Matt Ryan. He's 31st in air yards per pass attempt. It's just weird. This is not what we usually see from the Falcons. You guys all have Daniel Jones ahead of Matt Ryan, right? Speak for him by far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, I, Had Donald ahead of him. Bridgewater's ahead of him.
0: I, I mean, I guess in one quarterback leagues, I don't see Ryan being started a lot, but the Giants' pass defense hasn't been good. They've been terrible on third down. Bridgewater scored 23. Heineke scored 23. Uh, you know, do you I think Ryan interest? can give
2: you what he gave you last week, which is 20 points.
0: Okay. Mike Davis, Cordell or Patterson. Start him, sit him.
1: Weird, weird result last week. Uh, Davis played two red zone snaps. Cordero Patterson had the rest. He didn't have any touches on those red zone snaps. And Patterson, the the touchdown catch was like a, a lucky break, like right place, right time. But the touchdown run that Patterson had was pretty good, actually. So I wonder if that's going to be part of the Falcons package when they get in the red zone moving forward, is to pull Davis out of there. Davis doesn't look slow. Um and he's one of the reasons why Matt Ryan has this low average throw depth is because he's checking down a lot and that's helping Mike Davis a lot. And I almost think that's what you've got to hope for. If you're starting him in PPR is that he continues to get a lot of these short targets and you hope that he breaks one of them for a decent gain, but I, I don't know how he finds the end zone. If Patterson's going to continue to work in the red zone, uh, I'm, I'm nervous about both of these guys. I would prefer to not start either one. At best, Davis would be the preferred flex over Patterson, but it's not. Both of them are guys that I wouldn't want to have.
0: Mike Davis or one of the Miles's?
1: The Miles's. Uh, the Mileses.
0: Mike Davis or Tony Pollard?
1: Davis. I would be tempted to go Pollard and non
2: people.
0: Ooh, wow. Okay. Davis
2: still played twice as many snaps as Cordero Patterson. Patterson to me is fool's gold.
0: It, yeah, and then it's the question of the matchup. Is it a tough matchup? I you know, they've been pretty good against the run, but not great. I don't think it's a matchup you have to avoid.
2: Oh, I would say they've been good against the run. They give up the one big run to Melvin Gordon.
1: Yeah, after that there's been nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean Gibson was fine. Thirteen carries, sixty nine yards. They they have been good against the run. Uh I don't know that they're great, but okay. Calvin Ridley's a start. Let's throw the ball downfield already. And Kyle Pitts. But this, they, the Giants have been terrible against tight ends. They're giving up so far the fourth most yeah,
1: fantasy this, points. Yeah, this should be the game for him. Mm-hmm. He started hey, to look a lot great. better last week, more comfortable.
0: Yeah, seventy-three yards last week on only six targets. That's great. And you know, you're starting him, but you guys are going to start Gronkowski over him. How about uh, Noah Fant or or Kyle Pitts?
1: Pitts, I have Pitts two spots ahead of Fant and one spot ahead of Kittle in PPR.
0: Hmm. All right, Daniel Jones. Let me see the updated rankings on Mr. Daniel Jones. Thirteenth for Jamie, fourteenth for Dave, and 9th for Heath Cummings. Wow,
2: <sighs> we're Do you just really off season. The joke was to send, send Daniel Jones in the subject line, and Adam will read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I've had so many Daniel Jones questions this week. It's so refreshing. Uh, there, look, the, the Falcons' defense. I think we think is horrible. They faced the Eagles and and the Bucks. Both quarterbacks that they've faced have had a passer rating of 126.4. <laughs> you mean Tom Brady? Yeah. 126.4 <laughs> or high. All right, so they've been bad. Uh, all right, tell me, you have you guys have a lot of faith in Jones and Sterling Shepard to come through this week. What about Galladay?
2: If he plays, yeah, I think you look at the opportunity. You know, um, this is the perfect squeaky wheel game. <laughs> you know, he's yelling at his offense coordinator. Uh, Jason Garrett's had to address it. He's... Needed, you know that that offense needs another player to step up in the passing game. Now it could be Ingram if he plays. So just keep that in mind, you know, and that could hurt Shepard uh, for what he's gotten with 19 targets in two games. But I mean, obviously they need to have some 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 better production from galladay Kadarius Tony's getting into fights with the media. You know, he's going to have to have something at some point as well. So there's a lot to like about what Daniel Jones has at his disposal. It's just a matter of can he connect with them. The best thing about Daniel Jones is going to run. I mean, you know, anytime you have these quarterbacks like this, this is what makes them special as fantasy quarterbacks, you know? So he's not going to get 95 yards. I think he's going to get more than 27 yards. That's been his rushing totals the last two weeks, but the design runs, you can't get away from that. That's something Jason Garrett has done. Right. You know, he's getting him opportunities to use one of
1: his strengths. His rushing yards prop this week is 26 and a half yards. It's funny how that works. Uh, And I think against this Falcons defense, which will play some man coverage, that'll work in his favor. And I, I'm not even sure if A.J. Terrell is going to play for Atlanta. He had a concussion, I believe. And so if he's out, that's their top cornerback. And they really didn't have a real good cornerback to begin with. He was their best guy. That will help Gallaudet. This and, and the best part about it all is that this is the best matchup for the Giants' offensive line so far this season. Falcons' pass rush isn't anything dominant at all. But so, this is the best, they best matchup. They give Jones some time to make some throws. And I've been of the belief all along that when Jones has time, he can deliver a strong, accurate pass.
0: All right, this is also the best matchup for the Falcons' defensive line. They've played the Eagles with Brooks, and they've <laughs> yes. played the bu- the Buccaneers. So we'll see uh, battle of, of bads here. Who wins? Battle of the bad-stards. Uh all right, so sure. s- well, battle of the bastards, battle of the bad. I said battle oh, of the bad. Oh, I see. Yeah, battle of the bastards is is uh, Game of Thrones. Anyway, um, Sterling Shepard or Mike Davis?
1: Shepard. Uh, Shepard. Sterling Shepard,
0: Saquon Barkley.
1: I would take Shepard
2: in full PPR. Uh, Shepard probably makes more sense, but I think Barkley's going to have a breakout game too.
0: Barkley or Tyson Williams?
2: Tyson Williams.
1: I've got Saquon higher.
0: Barkley or Najee? Barkley. Nagy. All right, you guys both have Barkley approximately 15th. Dave a little higher. Jamie a little bit lower. And Galladay or Claypool?
1: Pretty uh, sure I've got Claypool a few
2: spots higher. Claypool if Deontay oh, Johnson's out. Galladay if Deontay Johnson's in.
1: Okay. I've got Galladay higher either way.
0: Galladay or Devontae Smith? Smith. Smith. Starter or sit Evan Ingram? I, so the Giants I starting
1: like or sitting Evan Ingram.
0: If they're starting him,
1: you'd be a long starter. I would start him over Jared Cook. I would start him over, would I start him over Dallas Goddard? I think I might.
0: Why would you start him over Jared Cook? So let's talk about that. Why would you start Evan Ingram over Jared Cook?
1: Because I think he'll get more targets and I think he can make more plays after the catch when he does actually catch the football. Whereas Cook, it just feels like the definition of a touchdown or bust tight end.
2: Yeah, I'd still start Cook just the implied total in that game and what he's done the first two weeks. Like he should have scored last week and had a very strong game week one. I just think the way Justin Herbert's playing right now, the luck's going to turn around. So uh, that game has a much more high scoring feel to it.
0: I i don't know what it's going to look like uh, the way Sterling Shepard's playing and having Galladay and whatnot, but Daniel Jones loves him some Evan Ingram. <laughs> they must be best friends because Evan Ingram's let him down so many times and he just keeps throwing to him. All right. That's Giants-Falcons, game of the week. Green Bay at San Francisco. Maybe this is the game of the week. Uh, Yeah, so I mentioned Green Bay's run defense. Been really good. One carry of 14 or more yards, of more than 14 yards to running back in their last nine games going back to last year and including the playoffs.
2: What is the game of the week? There's so many good
0: games. I think it's Rams-Bucks.
2: I think it's Rams-Bucks too, but this is a good one. Chargers-Chiefs is a good one.
0: Sneaky one is... Vikings Seahawks that could be yeah, the most fun in. game. I don't
1: think it's that sneaky.
0: But I think uh, Bengals Bengals Steelers could be a very good game. This is a great week.
2: Really oh, is, oh, 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 Patriots Saints. That's I mean <laughs> that should be your bonanza.
0: Ugh, that's the Costanza. <laughs> I, I don't know if people are aware of this. the The Saints last week were playing with their backup center on the road without I think five offensive coaches. And they were having trouble just getting the plays called. And Jameis Winston said that he needed to speak louder at the line of scrimmage. I mean, it was a really em- embarrassing operation last week. They better clear that up or it's going Worst offensive
2: be... game in Sean Payton's coaching career. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: All right, I'm sorry, guys. Green Bay at San Francisco. So Green Bay is easy, right? I mean, we talked about Rodgers. Start Jones, start Adams. Uh, Robert Tunyon, start or sit?
1: Start. He's got 13 touchdowns in his past 19 games with Aaron Rodgers. Touchdown or bust fantasy tight end.
0: Better than Jared Cook. I know you guys love Sterling Shepard this week. Do you like him better than Debo Samuel?
2: In PPR, yes. and non-PPR, no.
0: Oh, sorry. I didn't know if Dave was going to chime in there. That's cool. Debo <laughs> is on fire. 189 yards. And a touchdown in the first game, he had a he had a 79-yard touchdown catch that probably should have been about a 30-yard catch, but the defender fell down, and he ran about 50 yards. But still, he's been tearing it up. The way they use him, I don't think he's going to get shadowed by Jair Alexander. So, I, I mean, do you think Debo is basically a must-start? You don't really have it ranked that way. What do you think about Debo, Dave?
1: I think I'm a little worried about him... Long term, I'm deaf. This is a sell high, if you ask me, because yep. eventually, when the 49ers get their run game going, Debo Samuel's target share will sh- shrink. It's going to go way down. He's an extension of their run game by virtue of the short targets that he gets, and eventually, George Kittle is going to get involved. Brandon Ayuk, the the drumbeat is getting louder for him to start getting more involved and to play more snaps in this offense. So I'm I'm worried about a letdown game coming for Debo and it could absolutely be this week. The one thing about him is as long as he's getting decent volume, it really doesn't matter who he's playing against. I don't think he's going to get shadow coverage at all, and I don't think it would matter if he did because so many of his targets are close to the line of scrimmage.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, Debo Samuel or Mike Davis?
1: Debo and PPR easily, and I'd probably take him in non-PPR as well. Uh, I'd take him both.
0: Debo or Tyson Williams?
1: I'd consider Debo in full PPR.
0: You want to run down your thoughts on the 49ers running backs again? If he's in, then start him. And if not, blah, blah.
2: Uh, If if it's one of them, Mitchell or Sermon, then that player is a high-end flex. If they're both in, then I would say they're both mid-level flexes at best.
1: With Mitchell better than Sermon. Sure, Jock Patrick is not worth starting, but he is worth stashing. Okay, he's a, you, he's a big physical running back who ran inside zone in the XFL, and you can adapt to outside zone running pretty easily if you know how to do inside zone. My guess is that that's what he's being taught right now. All right,
0: listen. If you want to hear more about Aaron Rodgers, go to about the 17 to 18 minute mark. We have the uh, the it's probably closer to about 20 minutes where we talked about Rodgers, but uh, it was the five questions for Week Three. Why are people afraid of Aaron Rodgers? Uh, turns out Heath really isn't. He just likes the streamers a lot. And yeah, start Rodgers, but you might have some other options. Like you'd start Jalen Hurts over Rodgers.
2: Guys? Certainly four points for passing touchdowns. I, I, they're close in six. Yeah, I, I
1: would take Rodgers.
0: Okay. So far, Jared Goff scored 34 points, but on 57 pass attempts against San Francisco. And Jalen Hurts had a disappointing game with 21 fantasy points, but should have had a deep touchdown. And don't start Jimmy Garoppolo. George yeah, his, his
2: numbers came with his legs, though. Just keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. I did say it was just... Dis- yeah. Uh, George Kittle, top six in both formats. He has nine targets in two games. I think Debo has 20. So, let's get going here. Green Bay's given up three touchdowns to tight ends so far. And sit the DSTs. All right, guys. Let's go 10 minutes for our last three games. We already talked about them earlier. Baltimore... uh Getting a little healthier, but I don't know that they're going to have Deshaun Elliott. Their safety Brandon Williams, though their nose tackle, was limited in practice, and that's a good sign. He left last game, last week's game, with an injury. Stat of the game: Baltimore is giving up 2.7 yards per carry to running backs. So, your general feelings on DeAndre Swift, Jamie? You're
2: gonna have to make plays in the passing game. You know, I I think it's going to be a lot of garbage time as well. You know, I don't think they're going to have a lot of success in in the first, you know, three plus quarters. Probably, I mean, that's kind of been the MO right now. So we have one productive game for this backfield, one terrible game for this backfield. So probably somewhere in between. Um, you know, if if they do the the thing that teams typically do against Baltimore is, you know, when teams are blitzing them, you throw it to your backs. So this uh, Quintez defense is worth picking up in in deeper leagues, but this is still clearly a terrible receiving core. Like we said going into the season, and nothing's changed. Uh, it's got worse. So, you know, I I mean, it's Hawkinson and and hopefully the two guys, you know, that line up behind Jared Goff, and and that's where he's leaning.
0: But we're not starting Jamal Williams.
2: No, I mean, his usage last week was was annoying and production was worse.
1: The running backs had 20 targets combined in week one and eight targets in week two, and they were playing from behind. In both games. So, a little frustrating to see little usage from them. Cephas ran a bunch of crossing routes, and I wonder if he was used to maybe take some pressure off of the running backs. Um, and honestly, Cephas, the, the touchdown that he had, broken coverage. The longer play he had, broken coverage, and it was a busted play anyway. So, I'm not as high on Cephas becoming something in this offense other than someone who siphons targets away from who we want them to throw to and that's Swift and Williams.
0: Yeah. Also keep in mind, Jared Goff threw 57 times in week one and he threw 36 times in week two. That's not a bad number, but you just couldn't, you could not expect the same type of production that you saw from the Lions running backs in week one. Sure.
2: Well, it's also with the way Baltimore runs the ball, time of possession is going to be a problem for, for the Lions.
0: Yeah, it should be. But, and, and I guess you know, there's good and there's bad, right? Cause they're probably going to be trailing in this game and, Three of uh, Swift's four catches, I want to say, came on the last drive of the game against mm-hmm. the, against Green Bay when it was out of reach. He had one catch going to that drive. He had four targets on that drive alone. Uh, hopefully, you get a little more garbage time here. Mark, Marquise Brown is off to a great start. He is a top 30 wide receiver for you guys. I think he's a little bit lower than that for Dave in full PPR. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's tough to bench right now. I think it's like
2: eight games in a row going back to last year with at least 12 PPR points.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's gonna be higher for me. Okay. All right. I will I will get him in my lineup. Let's see. Uh Marquise Brown or DeAndre Swift.
1: Uh whew, boy. Uh um, I think it's easy to go Brown in non PPR and half PPR. Yeah. And I think I'm gonna take my chances with Brown over Swift in full PPR.
2: It's just it's just so you know, the touches should favor Swift and you hope he does something with him.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mark Andrews, start, bounce back? Come on.
2: Yes. I hope so. All right. Jared Goff, sit. Kittle like had over 70 yards receiving in week one, and Tanya scored last week against them. So are they going to play Jamie Collins? That's a big question. I'm trying to trade him.
0: Doesn't sound like it. I'm not sure. And Baltimore's DST is top four. Baltimore's DST was available. Yeah, you know, they got dropped. They played the Chiefs. So they were available. They might be available yep. in your league. Mm-hmm. And finally, oh, we have two more games. Sorry. Philadelphia at Dallas. And the big injuries for uh, for the Eagles, the Brandons. Brandon Graham out for the year. Brandon Brooks on IR.
1: Yeah, both are big, but the Brandon Graham injury is just absolutely huge.
0: So, stat of the game. Devontae Smith has a 25% target share. That's great. He was a dud yeah. last week, but he still got some target. I think he had seven targets last week.
1: He had a lot of deep targets last week and they were a bunch were off target, two were underthrown. He almost made a play on both of them. So, really good talent. Should get some shorter targets, but he also has the potential to, you know, jailbreak one with a deep play. This yeah. Cowboys defense, they've they've allowed three 100-yard receivers in two games plus another receiver with 91 yards.
0: Yeah. 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 And it was the Bucs and the Chargers, but still, it, so, Devon, so you guys like Marquise Brown better than Devontae Smith, right?
1: You said. I yes. think I'm going to take Smith over Brown. Oh, okay.
0: They're close. What
1: I, like I would take Brown over Smith.
0: Would you start Devontae Smith or James White?
1: Smith. Smith. I have that
2: decision in PPR and I'm starting Smith.
0: I like it. Devontae Smith
1: or Robert Woods. There's a real laugh. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I would take my chances on Woods. Okay, Dave, can you do the laugh from of Eric in uh, Billy Madison? I don't know if I can do that laugh really well. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, nice work. That's my impersonation of uh, Carl impersonating Eric's laugh. Yeah, crazy Carl. All
0: right, so. In terms of Hertz, we'll come back to Miles Sanders in just a bit. We already talked about him a little bit, but Hertz, Dak, Cooper, Lamb, start him, right? Just start him.
1: Dak yeah. over Hertz as of now, but otherwise, yes.
0: What could change? I mean, obviously, the Amari Cooper injury, is that
1: what could change it? Uh, obviously, if Cooper does, if I, I think you just start the Cowboys receivers as long as they're healthy, no matter what. I'm maybe I'm a little skittish about all of a sudden the Cowboys realizing that they can run the football. You know, Zach Martin comes back and they're they're running to the right side like bosses. And we know that Brandon Graham's out for the Eagles, that might further encourage them to run the football more. And we know that it, it we knew it was unsustainable that Dak was going to throw 58 times every single week. So that I think they might stick with their run game a little bit more than we'd really like them to for fantasy purposes.
0: Okay, Tony Pollard, is he a top thirty guy this week?
1: No. Yeah, because uh,
0: we got a lot of Pollard questions, a decent amount on the stream
1: yesterday. I mean, yeah, I can't, I him. can't say he's top thirty. All right, Dave, but, go ahead. He's not far off though. What? Uh, he's go, not far off. Oh, he's not top. Sorry. No,
0: sorry.
1: no. He might not be far off from being in an even closer timeshare with Zeke. Uh, Miles Sanders is I, a number I two running like back. I feel like i got to see it for a few more weeks before I really would trust him in my lineup.
0: Yeah, for the record, he scored a touchdown last week, Tony Pollard. He scored on a jet sweep, and Zeke was almost positive on the field, in the backfield on that play. And yep. Pollard came around on on the jet sweep and scored. He's played 24% and 34% of the snaps. You don't you typically want a guy who's playing 24 and 34%. Now, if that keeps going up, we can reevaluate. Uh, Miles Sanders is a number two running back. And Dallas Goddard uh, is a low end, low end starter. number one. Yeah. Yes.
2: It is interesting though for both of these quarterbacks uh, specifically. This is the second highest implied total of the week,
0: behind Chiefs Chargers. No. Oh, Vikings Seahawks. No. What Saints? Saints Patriots? <laughs> no. Giants Falcons? No.
1: What am I missing here? What, uh, Packers? No. How about? Bucks Rams, you knucklehead. Uh no. No. I wouldn't Really? So. what is no. it?
0: Bill, ready for this one. Bills, no. Holtz, Titans. Really?
2: 54 and a half.
0: With the with the backup quarterbacks. I'll take the under there.
2: All right. I guess it depends on the book you're looking at. The one I'm looking at, that's the one the highest. The the uh Caesars has uh Chiefs, Chargers the highest.
0: I'm looking at a coloring book. Dallas Goddard or remember the Cowboys have been horrible against tight ends. Cook had a touchdown call back. Dallas Goddard or Tyler Higby. This, one, this one's expected
1: to go north of fifty though. I would think so.
0: All right, Goddard or Higby.
1: Goddard. I think I might like Higby better.
0: Goddard or Tunyon.
2: Uh, Goddard and PPR Tunyon and none.
0: Okay. Any interest in Dalton Schultz or Blake Jarwin?
2: Uh, I wish one would go get traded to another team. Um, Jarwin
0: slightly over Schultz. All right. Seattle at Minnesota. Stat of the game, number one. Russell Wilson is 7-0 and against the Vikings. He has averaged just 193 passing yards per game in those seven games, including the postseason. That's weird. He'll throw for more than that in this game. Minnesota has been terrible against Cincinnati and Arizona defensively. Um, but yeah, Russell Wilson has never lost to the Vikings. Stat of the game, number two. Seattle allows the most receiving yards per game to running backs. Three running backs have already had six catches against them, and they were not good in this area last year either. They allowed 40 or more receiving yards to six running backs and 30 or more to 11 running backs last year. Now, this is only relevant, I think, if if you have Madison, because obviously you're starting Cook no matter what, but you might get some production in the passing game from from Madison. I don't really know what to... I, I guess we could do some Kirk Cousins rankings, but you're starting basically everyone... We talked about KJ Osborne as a as a decent guy to at least pick up.
1: I'd love him even more if Cook were out.
0: Okay, Kirk Cousins or Tom Brady?
1: Uh, Brady. Was close.
0: Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones?
2: Cousins. Cousins.
0: Kirk Cousins in, in six
2: points and four points.
0: Jones. Jones. Okay. Uh, yeah, he does rush for touchdowns. That's his thing. Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannehill?
1: Cousins. Cousins.
0: Stafford or Cousins?
1: Stafford. Stafford,
0: and Metcalf, or uh, rank the wide receivers just for fun.
2: Uh, Lockett, mm, Jefferson, Metcalf, feeling works for
0: me. Okay, and no tight ends in this game.
2: I'd prefer not to. No. Conklin, if you're desperate, I guess.
0: We were doing
1: this this three years ago. No. It gave a triumphant return last week. Let's go. By the way,
0: can I claim Old Mother Hubbard as the team name now? Or do you think everybody's using that or or what? No, you claim it. All right. Old Mother Hubbard. That is mine. Put a feather in your cap. (laughs) Okay, thanks everybody for listening and for watching. We got a mailbag coming up that'll air on Saturday or on YouTube. It'll be on Friday if you want to get a jump on the mailbag. I'm <laughs> so upset about that. Well, I, just, just, I guess people on YouTube don't know that on, I publish this in the podcast feed on Saturday, and I'm always like, hey, happy Saturday. And they're like, it's Friday, you idiot. All right, have a great <laughs> weekend. Good luck in week three. We'll talk to you with the mailbag and fantasy football today, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live Q&A, 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. See ya.
1: CBS Friday.